follow your heart path and don't listen to all the people that are going to put guardrails around you and try to lock you into a path that maybe they had, um, but maybe that's not the right one for you. And, you know, maybe we need to open our minds as individuals so that we can have experiences across sector so we can understand each other better. That's Jean Olwang. I'm Kara Duffy, and this is the Powerful Ladies Podcast. Welcome to the Powerful Ladies Podcast. Thank you, Kara. It's an honor to be here with you today. I am honored to have you here today. And you are doing such cool things in the world. So let's jump right in and tell people your name, where you are in the world, and what you're up to. Um, so my name is Gina Wang. I am currently in Park City, Utah. And uh, what I'm up to, we I work for an amazing organization called Virgin Unite. We're the not-for-profit. We're a bit like a entrepreneurial incubator that changes unacceptable issues and systems for good. So that's who I work with, as well as I started my own not-for-profit called Plus Wonder, which is all about how we really have a relationship reset in the world, how we spark relationships and collaborations of purpose in the world. So those are two of the things that I'm focused on. And a a third is this amazing initiative that we literally just launched about a week and a half ago in New York called Planetary Guardians around how we lift the planetary boundary science to look at the whole earth. So climate, water, um, also uh, air pollution, land use. Um, So we're looking holistically at this incredible planet that we live on. And you also have an amazing book that everyone's been raving about called Partnering. Yeah. Thank you for bringing that up. It's uh, been a real joy to work on that. We, uh, interviewed about 65 plus of some of the greatest partnerships and collaborations of our time, and then synthesized their wisdom to see how they built these extraordinary partnerships. So that's the book partner. When Carol recommended you, um, I had a lovely conversation with her. Then she's like, you have to have to have Gene in your podcast. And she said, I'm like, obviously. And my first thought was, how can I be you when I'm finally an adult and grown up, <laughs> like how, <laughs> how can that be where I move into? Cause you're having the most amazing conversations and you're connecting these great people and thought leaders. And you're really asking the questions that I don't understand why everyone isn't asking all the time. Um, because there's a quote I saw once of, we have answers to all the challenges we face. It's just, do we choose to work on them together or not to solve it? So how did you end up doing all of these incredible, cool things? Well, firstly, thank you for those lovely words and congratulations on what you've built with powerful ladies as well and giving it, ladies, thank just uh, giving women a chance to, to have a voice. And I adore Carol and I want to be like her when I grow up. <laughs> I don't know if she told you the story about how we met where she did I not. Sat, um, I was going on a plane and uh, I sat down next to her and I usually like, put my headphones on, start working when I'm on a plane, mm-hmm. my mini office. But I just couldn't not talk to her because she had this extraordinary energy. Yeah. So uh, so we got in conversation. And by the end of the trip, which was like a four-hour trip, I'd asked her to actually marry my husband and I. Um, so she was the person that came up to Park City at the top of the mountain and married us. So I just adore her. She's an amazing, mm-hmm. amazing woman. Um, yeah, She is. She's... she's- I'm so lucky that I got to meet her in person. And then I'm I, I'm so grateful that she was a yes to having a conversation on this podcast. 
that she's like you so busy. And I like, this is exactly why I started the podcast to be talking to women like you and her, because these are the things that I'm, I wish everyone was paying attention to versus whatever random TikTok thing is happening right now. <laughs> yeah. And she, and I, I watched her or listened to her podcast that you did with her and it was super powerful. And she, I interviewed her actually for the book with Wade Davis as a partnership. Uh, oh, of- wow which was just extraordinary. I remember it was supposed to be, I think it was like a 30 minute interview and it ended up being like a three hour interview and just glorious and just their friendships extraordinary. So, uh, yes. Well, I, we could talk about Carol for probably four podcast episodes alone. (laughs) So let's come back to you and the incredible work you're doing. So how did you get into this space where you're talking to incredible people and facilitating these incredible conversations and movements? Like, if, if we go back to eight-year-old you, is that what she would have imagined you're spending your life doing? Yeah, I think eight-year-old me w- wanted to be either a nun or a veterinarian. So <laughs> probably a whole different direction. But um, the, the way that I got here is really by disruptive detours in my life. You know, I um, when I graduated, I went into telecommunications in, in America. And then I decided I wanted to join VISTA, which is a little bit like the Domestic Peace Corps. And I worked with homeless teenagers and refugees in Center City, Chicago. And that really was this kind of you know, massive change in my, in my life, in my direction. And I became really focused on how are we letting like 18, you know, 17, 12 year olds Mm -hmm. live on the streets and the kind of systemic failure between government, not-for-profit and business that was allowing that to happen. So I became really passionate about that. And then I ended up going into telecommunications in, um, in London with a company called Cable and Wireless and helping start up mobile phone companies uh, all over the world. Uh, this was some probably 30 years ago when it was just beginning. And, uh, and then I got even more passionate about how do, we, how do we bring those sectors together to solve issues mm-hmm. living in Colombia or Bulgaria. And, and then um, when I was in South Africa, <clears throat> we launched a prepaid service. It was one of the first prepaid services in the world and not in the world, in, in the African continent. And so um, we expected that we were going to, you know, do well with it, but we never expected we'd get our entire annual sales target in one month. Wow. And uh, yeah, which is incredible. And we went into the townships to see what was happening. And you had all these people using these phones for entrepreneurial purposes, starting businesses, mm-hmm. selling phone calls out of a briefcase. And again, it was a light bulb moment about that intersection between how business can also drive impact. And so years later, um, I was had the good fortune to work in Australia. And I had left the telecommunications sector to work in um, the Foundation for National Parks and Wildlife. So another career pivot. And then I got a call from Virgin saying, would you help us start a mobile phone company up? And so I um, went to help them start that mobile phone company up. And then I happened to overhear Richard talking in the car about wanting to do more philanthropically. And that was Richard Branson, who was my mm-hmm. boss. And, um, and so I put together a plan. And you know, a year later, I was moving to London and we were starting something called Virgin Unite. And Virgin Unite really as a platform has given me this opportunity to see the power of collaboration because everything we do is in collaboration. And so that got me really, really passionate watching groups like the elders, mm-hmm. which is a group of global leaders working on conflict resolution and peace and human rights. But watching them, it became very clear to me that we are who we are because of our relationships. And so mm-hmm. that pivoted me to start Plus Wonder. 
I definitely want to get into more of the relationships and the power of that and plus wonder. And I, can't, I also don't want to step over, how did you make such radical pivots from telecommunications to the national parks, back to telecommunications, back to impact spaces? Like, were people calling you for opportunities? Were you seeking them out? Like, how did those jumps happen for people who can't imagine leaving the one path they've been on so far? Yeah, the jumps happened more because of what was in my heart and my gut and what what was, yeah. I, I was telling myself I needed to do, not necessarily people reaching out to me. Um, later that happened, but not not in those early stages of my career. And I, anyone that's listening, you know, it was very funny because when I made that first jump to work at uh, Neon Street, when I t- was the Vista volunteer, everyone in the company um, said to me, don't do it. You're going to lose your career path. You're going to blow up your career. And I was so happy I made the personal decision to do it because mm-hmm. I, it, was a, it was a year at Neon Street, a year and a half, and it changed my life so dramatically and changed my lens on life. And I never, ever would have got the opportunities I had later on in life if I hadn't experienced that and had proximity to the issues and understood mm-hmm. the issues. And that was super important to me. And again, it happened with the National Parks and Wildlife. Same thing. Everyone's like, you're on this great career path. You know, don't do it. And I was at National Parks and I, again, super glad I did that. I learned a lot about what's broken between not-for-profit business and government. Mm-hmm. And so huge learning experience. And then there I did get a call from Virgin saying, would you help us start up a mobile phone company? Um, So again, just, I would recommend anyone that's listening is to follow your heart path and don't listen to all the people that are going to put guardrails around you and try to lock you into a path that maybe they had, um, but maybe that's not the right one for you. And, you know, maybe we need to open our minds as individuals so that we can have experiences across sectors so we can understand each other better. For you to be in a space where you could listen to your heart and what was pulling you towards these next great pivots, do you spend time like journaling? Have you always just been more in touch with like what your intuition and heart's telling you? Like, is there a practice you have or is that how you were born and your your intuitive personality? No, I do. I do meditate and reflect a lot. That's really important to me. So I take pauses. Mm-hmm. Um, but probably if I, if, when you asked that question, the first thing that came to my head was actually my father. And uh, because um, he was this great man um, who gave me such confidence and belief in myself. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so I think he helped me be not fearful of driving and making change in my life. And, you know, maybe all of us can't have a, a great father, a great mother, like I was blessed to have, but what we can have is great friends or great teachers. And when we find those people and those relationships at a young age, and I think for parents to encourage children to build those relationships around them, that's what gives us the confidence, um, particularly when we're just starting out, to go out and do and leap off from something and really make change in our lives and building network of deep connections that, again, doesn't have to be blood relatives, but it has to be people that believe in you and that are going to lift you. I think you and I share some core values in life when we're like 13 minutes into the conversation already. <laughs> so, like, I'm such a big proponent of telling my clients to like, get out of your house, get away from the computer, go make new friends, like go put yourself in spaces that you shouldn't be in. I know how my life is enriched by people that I meet along the way. It's selfishly why I do this podcast. Like how can I talk to as many interesting people as possible because it's so filling for me. Um, 
But there's so much power, I think, to your point of building your circle and network and nurturing it. And people get so paralyzed about networking and making new connections. And it's almost like we have forgotten that we have to keep making friends for the rest of our lives. For people who have had a smaller network than you or I may have, how can they start building a network where they do have people that are encouraging them and mentoring them and people who are kind of lighting these little sparks inside them again to be bigger than they maybe thought they could be? Yeah. And I think firstly, thanks to you for being curious, because I think being curious is one of the most important um, skills that we can have. I don't even know if you call it a still, it's like an innate, you know, energy of be having that curiosity constantly is so, so important. And I think that drives a lot of people being willing to open their hearts and, and build new connections in their lives. And I think sometimes when we hear the word networking, everyone gets fearful because it's like, we think of this breath, like networking <laughs> has to be like, you go to cocktail parties and you meet tons of people. And in reality, it's the depth of our connections that actually make us who we are. And so figuring out where you can go to places that you really respect something someone's doing. Like, mm-hmm. some, like those young people, when I worked in Neon Street at that homeless shelter um, during my Vista volunteer, they taught me more than most of the people I'd met in my life by that stage. Um, and so it's figuring out those places that, um, that you're passionate about driving some kind of change in the world. And that link with purpose when you're making the connections can't be underestimated. And it makes those connections more meaningful rather than the fearfulness of just putting yourself out there, thinking about where, what is your purpose in life and how can you go to those places that you will then meet people that will help you fulfill your purpose. And then those connections become more purposeful rather than just thinking about the breath. And Mm -hmm. it's taking that risk. You know, if I hadn't talked to Carol um, sitting next to me that day, uh, you know, I would never have had this great human being in my life that's um, been so central to many critical moments in my life. So it's taking that risk when when you feel that connection to someone and when you, again, feel that intersection of purpose. Mm -hmm. Uh, I often feel that I don't know how I can help that person. I don't know why they might want to talk to me, but I know that I'm curious about them and I just want to show up and see what can happen and see where things go sometimes. Um, And I think there's some people are stuck in this space of like having to have the plan. Like we have to do it the perfect way and the right way. And I think there's so much more power in showing up and seeing what happens and just being there from such a place of, to your point, curiosity, but also goodness, like wanting to, if nothing else, like leave someone feeling better than when they left and just kind of see what naturally happens. There's been people I've reached out to who I was excited to talk about, talk with or meet with, and it didn't really go anywhere. And I was like, okay, not that one. We'll have to move on to the next one because some people aren't in the same space, time, connection, emotional wavelength, whatever it is. Um, but then when you find people who are, you, I think, you know, it instantly and you're like, okay, yes, like we're keeping that person. They're incredible. What else can we do to change the world together? At least that's where my brain goes. <laughs> yeah, no, a hundred percent agree that, um, that, and I, I really believe that sometimes perfectionism and also comfort are some of the biggest enemies of, of change in this world. You know, we, yeah. we become so hyper-individualistic and we're so focused on, you know, putting ourselves in this bubble of perfection or, you know, making sure that, 
that we are the the one, like I, I asked this young girl the other day in Miami, you know, what is the biggest issue facing your generation? And she said back to me that we're stuck in our, in our social media bubbles. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that kind of epitomizes where we sit today. And it's causing such an issue with mental health because mm-hmm. young people are having to compare themselves to everyone else all the time. And it's this kind of race to perfectionism that will get us nowhere. You know, ultimately, you know, we, we have warped measures of success. And most of them are focused around self-interest um, rather than focused on collective good. And ultimately, the, the only thing that really matters in our lives is the legacies we create by the people we love into being. You know, that's mm-hmm. what's ultimately going to make a difference in this world. And yet we're so focused on ourselves and on inward looking rather than looking outward and using our relationships, thinking about them from the perspective of not what we can get from them, but what we can give to the world through them. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. So that leads me to want to ask, where did plus wonder come from for you? It wasn't like you were bored and needed more things to do, I'm guessing. Mm-hmm. So what propelled you to know that it had to come into existence? Yeah, and it, it, that's a beautiful way to say it because I couldn't not bring it into existence. You know, even when I was frustrated and thinking, this is ridiculous, why am I doing this? I couldn't not not do it. And uh, it started really um, probably close to 20 years ago because I had been in a career where I was, you know, breaking glass ceilings as a female, kept on going up and up and up. And then as I got to CEO level and board level, I felt more and more alone and less and less myself. And um, and at the same time, I was starting with, uh, with Virgin Unite and we were starting this group called The Elders, which is that group of global leaders working on behalf of humanity for peace and human rights. And I, at the time, I was feeling so alone because I really wasn't investing in my relationships. I was investing in my career and breaking glass ceilings. And I was watching them. And that's when I really realized, because I had put a lot of them on this individual pedestal, like whether that be Nelson Mandela or Grasa Michelle or Archie Tutu or Mary Robinson. And as I watched them, it became really, really apparent to me that they were who they were because of their relationships. They had invested in their relationships and that's what made them these amazingly great people that were able to make such mm-hmm. change in the world. So at that stage, I really started, it, re- it started out just by me interviewing them. You know, I started out interviewing President Mrs. Carter and just to really learn personally. And we, I was going to originally do a book of like 10 partnerships, mainly romantic. And then I interviewed Ben and Jerry and, um, and I realized that the, the things that made like President Mrs. Carter's relationship strong were similar to what made Ben and Jerry's. Didn't matter. One was friends and one was romantic. Mm-hmm. So I decided to interview more and more people. And that's when we got up to about 65. And what was beautiful, Kara, is that in there, it was this beautiful like patterns that started to emerge about what made these partnerships fantastic. And so we started to code all the transcripts. And then we started thinking, well, we can't not share this with the world. So we started a foundation plus wonder and then wrote the book partnering. I, it's hard to explain to people who are hungry for what their purpose or their thing is that lights them up to tell them that the greatest things we do sometimes we didn't plan they, ca- they just kind of showed up and started poking us like louder and louder. Like it, it becomes a path that you can't ignore, as you said, of like, you just get going in a certain direction, but it's, it's by taking that first action of doing the interview or taking that first step to being curious. And 
there's like a level of patience that I think we have to have more than most people do of it's go if you're doing things that light you up, even if they don't seem potentially like purposeful in the Western standard of purpose, they're going to end up in something that you haven't even imagined yet that will be bigger than you could have thought of <laughs> right now. <laughs> like when you look at Plus Wonder and the book, are you like, what, what are you so delighted by and like surprised by of like what they've given to you or shown you? Yeah. I mean, that whole experience changed my life completely because i you know i think we all think oh we're really good at relationships we can build partnerships but then when you see these partnerships about how much hard work and how much thought they put into it how like the rituals and the traditions they created to build that deep connection or the tools that they created and how they dealt with friction because none of them were void of friction so those things, just that amount of really hard work and investment, like that was one of the things that transformed me because I started being more thoughtful about who I invest my time into mm-hmm. and how I create those healthy relationships. Um, so that was probably one of the, the first things. The other thing that that I guess really surprised me was, you know, I think so many people that we that I speak to are afraid of their light and they don't realize that one of the things that can help you make that light shine and give you the the courage is your relationships and your partnerships. Mm -hmm. And it was this really interesting because we chose the partners based on longevity of the partnership and that they had used their partnership to make a bigger difference in their lives. But what we had never, ever realized is how powerful that something bigger was to actually the strength of the partnership too. And how it didn't have to be the same something bigger, but having that purpose almost lifted you above the day-to-day drama that Mm -hmm. always is going to in a partnership. And so that was super interesting and so central. And then the other thing that really surprised us is we started to study these great human achievements like ending apartheid in South Africa, um, protecting the ozone layer, um, ending smallpox in India. And at the center of every one of these was a beautiful group of friends. So this tight group of deep connections that made these great human achievements happen that are almost these unsung heroes because we don't talk about them because they don't fit that perfect superhero box because um, it's a collective of friends. And, you know, there's that beautiful Margaret Mead quote that talks about how nothing has ever happened until like a small group of citizens come together and make it happen. And um, those weren't her exact words. She said it much more eloquently, but that <laughs> essence. And that's exactly what we found at the at the center of all of these. Mm-hmm. You know, having a bigger impact is something that I can't imagine not having part of what drives me. Um, that and the curiosity piece, I don't, I forget that they are unusual um, and not something that are, is in everyone's frame of reference, even if internally they might have it somewhere. Um, what can impact look like? Because of course, ending apartheid, as you said, is a huge human achievement. Was there a scale of impact that you see partnerships? Like, for example, my parents have been married for 40 something years and they like the impact or purpose they've had has really been to get my siblings and I somewhere else, (laughs) get them, (laughs) get get us out. Um, And like that commitment to the fit, like the impact was the family impact and that stability and the teamwork of it all. Um, how can, what's the range of impact that you think 
people need to have partnerships work. Yeah, and well done to your parents for raising you. (laughs) And I, uh, it doesn't have to be, it can be raising a beautiful child in this world right up to ending a partnership. It doesn't matter. All that matters is that you have something that makes you passionate. And when Mm -hmm. when you asked me that question, I immediately thought of my dad um, because my dad and my mom came from pretty much nothing in terms of means and they um and they worked so hard when we were growing up my dad was a started door-to-door credit collector for sears and roebuck and my mom was a nurse and they worked so hard that so that we had every opportunity that they didn't and i remember when my dad was um on during his 90s he had a really rough time before he passed and he was in and out of icu constantly and i remember being by his bedside when he woke up one time and uh saying welcome back dad and he smiled and he's like you know, glad to be back. And I said, what are you going to do now? And he said, I'm going to make a difference in people's lives for the next 100 years, which was very funny because he was in his 90s. And then we had this beautiful conversation about how he had always felt torn because he wanted to work so hard to support us, to give us everything, but he also wanted to support his community. And, um, mm-hmm. and I had a smile when he said that because right before, it's actually right up there, there's a big brown leather book that, um, that we'd found in his boxes with um, gold handwriting in the year 1968 on it. And he'd worked his way up by this time to be a, a store manager at Burlington Store, Sears and Roebuck. And it was really beautiful because when you open the book, the first page talks about how a retail store is just bricks and mortar until human beings breathe life into it. And then it talks about my dad as their guide, not their boss. And then page after page is things like, thank you, Bob, for when I stole from the store, giving me a second chance. Thank you, Bob, for when I had a drug addiction, for helping me through it and not losing my job. Thank you, Bob, for never forgetting um, Mom's Day for us single moms and giving us a plan. And, you know, when he asked me that question in the hospital, all I could think of is like his purpose was to bring joy and lift up every single human being that he met. Mm -hmm. He brought so much light and love into this world through that. And, you know, it reminded me, too, that um, one of the people directors at Virgin Group had this beautiful quote that they called the million magic moments where every time we interact with someone, we have a chance to either lift their life or destroy their life. And, uh, and so I feel like purpose, sometimes we make this massive big thing that it has to be perfect and it can evolve. And when in reality, it's what we do every day, how we interact yeah. with one another. And then it's what what is that bonfire in your belly that you're going to build mm-hmm. that something that you're you know willing to dedicate your life to. Um, and that doesn't mm-hmm. necessarily become clear at any age, you know, and sometimes it may not become clear till you're in your 90s. But what's mm-hmm. important is that you're open to searching for it and that you build a life that's meaningful where you're actually bringing purpose to others as well. Well, I think that's a good segue of like, what does powerful mean to you? And when powerful and ladies are next to each other, does the definition change? Yeah, I think it, I think it does change. And I, I was thinking a, lo- a lot about this because I have, I have a little bit of like um, anxiety with the word power sometimes, because I think, I feel like sometimes we think of it as power over. And I guess when I, when you put powerful and ladies together, I think power with alongside um so that and that's i think a different context of the word power than what is in the world right now and i think the other thing i think is just a real courage to to follow your own path and to listen to your heart 
And also to stand up against the unacceptable. I think so rarely now, I think again, comfort is our huge enemy and very few people stand up when they see things that are unacceptable in this world. So when I think of powerful ladies, I think of people that stand up against the unacceptable issues and they do it from a place of humility. Um, They do it from a place of what I would call informed confidence, where they know where they can make the difference, um, where their voice can make a difference rather than trying to be the loudest, the biggest in the room. Um, And that's where, again, that that power word is slightly different when you put the word powerful lady next to it. Mm -hmm. You've had the privilege of talking to so many people about so many issues. Are there conversations that you've had about these big, important global topics that stick with you, keep you up at night versus others? Yeah, I think um, there's a big one right now. I'd say there's three big ones right now um, for me. One is definitely uh, this planetary boundary science, because I think we also, when we're talking about partnering and partnership, we have to change our partnership with nature. And uh, this amazing scientist, Johan Rockström and Catherine Richardson uh, was his friend and another guy, Will Stefan, came together and got 28 scientists to come up with the planetary boundary science. And because it looks at the earth holistically, it allows us to create a holistic relationship with the planet so that we're thinking about, okay, it's not okay to put this chemical into our, whether it's at our homes in our yard or whether it's something that a company is doing, or it's not okay to, you know, do something that's going to ruin the ecosystem around Mm -hmm. our, or with a company to, you know, changing the rainforest. And the, when the planetary boundary science launched last week, six out of the nine boundaries are breached. Um, so we are in a catastrophic risk right now as humanity, unless we pull them back. But the great news is that we've done it before with the ozone layer. It was way out in a catastrophic breach and we brought it back into a safe zone. So that's one issue that's absolutely at the top of my mind. Um, the second issue that's probably at the top of my mind as well every day is how we've pushed ourselves into a corner of hyper-individualism. So how do we reimagine and relearn how to connect, how to build deep connections with one another? How do we bridge these divides? How do we celebrate difference rather than push it away? So that's constantly at the top of my mind. And then the third one, which um, is something more that's an internal passion for me, um, not necessarily a global world issue, although I would think of that because I'm so passionate about it, but is ending the death penalty um, because I feel strongly that uh, we shouldn't be having state-sanctioned killings um, and, you know, it's, uh, it, it, and also just, you know, watching some of these folks who have been released innocent off a death row and just thinking the horror of us actually killing an innocent person. Um, mm-hmm. But so that's a third one that is really deep in my heart right now. Those are three really big things. And I'm sure everyone listening is asking, how do you actually go to sleep at night? (laughs) (laughs) Because I know that this isn't all about me solving them. It's about Mm -hmm. how you build these collaboratives and these collectives. Like with the Planetary Guardians, those 28 scientists, what a joy to work Mm -hmm. with. Or, you know, the the community that's worked together for almost 50 years now to protect the ozone layer. We were with them last week. Like, how much can we learn from them about what they're doing, how they did it? 
Um, so, and like the death penalty, we stand on the shoulders of so many people who have been working to end the death penalty. And also mm -hmm. people like a dear friend, Anthony Ray Hinton, who was released off of death row um, in Alabama after 30 years mm -hmm. of incorrectly being incarcerated in a five by eight foot cell, like watching him and how passionate he is about using his voice to continue to and the death penalty. And when you see all of these people, and then that gives you hope because you know, if we come together in this sense of radical collaboration with these great leaders, there is, we actually become unstoppable. And that, that's how yeah. we protected the ozone. We became unstoppable because we came together. Mm -hmm. When it's nice to see things that we're doing and they're working, right? Yeah. Like there's, there's, um, you know, I, I met Carol going to the Mountain Film Festival and mm -hmm. you go through these amazing documentaries and there's one where like, look, we're winning over here, but it's like, look, we're losing over here. And like, there's just this turmoil of, you know, giving space, I think, for the most well-intentioned plans to have to be adjusted sometimes and knowing that collectively we are moving forward. I think sometimes we're so hard on ourselves, especially the people who I think are caring the most about making these changes happen. And of course, we're on timelines for things. So we do need to be taking bold actions now. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. But I think it's an interesting balance of knowing that the well-intentioned plan will have to be adjusted and we're still taking action anyway today because we there's a lot of things we know and have answers for yeah and i think i think this is um a lot to blame actually on the media um mm -hmm. because i think what the media does is they celebrate all the negative stories rather yeah. than ever lifting up the positive stories and we've become such like every time you turn on the tv you're feeling like you're in a washing machine of drama and yeah. we don't step back and think about what's working you know like that ozone story i, I think i've spoken to close to three thousand people now in the last couple of years and i always ask the question who in the room knows who discovered there was an issue and then protected the ozone layer mm -hmm. and in all those thousands of rooms two people could mm -hmm any one name. And again, it's because it doesn't fit in that single superhero box. It was this collective yeah. of friends and you see them and how humble they are. And they just got on with it and did it, yeah. but we never celebrate it. And I, I think that's one of the things we were really keen on with Plus Wonder is taking all this data from these partnerships, mm -hmm. coming up with a solution so that people know how they can build the deep connection. So we're not just talking about the problem of loneliness, the problem of disconnection, but here's a solution and these six degrees of connection framework on how you can build these deep connections in your lives. And like what you're doing on the coaching side is really important because, you know, one of the partnerships called it, you can't see the label from inside the jar. And, you know, getting that outside help is so important to help you gain perspective, find your path um, and find who you need to be partnering with. Um, it when I was, I was in a leadership development conference and I saw these people who knew exactly what they wanted to do, save whatever part of the world needs saving or fixing. And I just was shocked that no one knew how to start. And mm -hmm. I was like, well, I know how to do that part. Like, I don't know how to do the <laughs> other part. So maybe that's where I can plug in. And I, I think that's also where people will get stopped often is you don't need to know the equation to fix the ozone layer and what that looks like scientifically and chemically and all the things. Every, we all have a skill set that 
needs to come into that collective you were speaking of. Um, I, I've been reflecting quite a bit on like, people often ask me like how I ended up here. And when I was talking to another podcast guest about it, I realized that all of my uh, heroes when I was, you know, like in middle schoolish age were all fictional female characters like the Babysitter's Club. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, how insane is that? That I was like, well, yeah, like those fictional 13 year olds can run a business together. So I can probably do it too. <laughs> and it, what there was like, j- like just how your brain works when you're little. And it's implanted in me of like that idea of doing it in collective though. It's, it's more fun. And mm-hmm. I'm just, I don't know, doing things independently, even for people who are really good independent workers, it's, it's just different. Like there's not someone to enjoy the highs and lows. There's not someone to laugh with. It, it shifts things. So I'm very excited to read the book. Um, There's, I was part of the um, Benson Henry Institute's uh, positivity and resiliency training that a friend of mine was trained in. I was in his beta group. And there was a question in there about who really is your community and like an assessment we were doing. And it is an assessment that has rocked my world since I did it, mm-hmm. realizing the lack of community I have in different pockets where I need it. And I told him, I'm like, this is the only self-development thing I've done where I've left less happy than when I started. But yeah. it's in a good space because now it's like clear actions to take. And like, how do we fix what we don't like seeing when we do the yeah. assessment? Um, so like you mentioned as well, like when you started seeing these patterns and like you had to implement some new practices yourself, what was one of those new practices that you implemented? Yeah. And the, and the beauty is that like the, the six degrees of connection, you need to do them all holistically because you can't just do one bits and pieces. And so when I first started this process, like the thing around that came up around the partnerships, having these rituals and these uh, traditions, daily practices, something I hadn't expected. And I hadn't really put much thought in, I mean, it'd be like, I think, okay, this is fun to do this one day or that one day, or even in the team, you know, you think about things like, um, uh, you know, getting meetings together, whatever. But like the one that I implemented in my team, which I loved was from Airbnb. Um, and so the three founders there, what they used to do is bring their team together once a month. Mm-hmm. And they had this amazing ritual they called elephants, dead fish and vomit. And so they would get there, which I never, ever dreamt words <laughs> in one sentence, but they used to get them all in the same room. Um, and they would talk about the elephants in the room that no one was talking about the dead mm-hmm. fish that everyone was talking about, but not doing anything about, and then the vomit, just the things that people needed to get off their chest. And by putting it in like a fun, humorous way like that, it opened up the space for when we did it in our team, for people mm-hmm. to be like, okay, it's okay for me to say this. It's okay for me to have this honest conversation. So it cracked open this honesty. Um, so that was one that I just loved and, and stole from them. Um, another one that is just beautiful was called Friday Talk. And this was Joe um, Confino and Paz, his um, partner. And what they did is that every Friday they would block off two hours at, and they would go someplace outside the house. And each one of them would have to do deep listening while the other one talked about what was good that week and then what was not so good that week. Um, and then they'd open up the conversation. And they said it, that simple two-hour ritual changed their entire week. Because mm-hmm. in the early week, if they got in a fight, or if they got in an argument, 
it, they didn't blow up because they knew they had this time on Friday. And by the time Friday got there, they would have been more thoughtful about like what went wrong and how it went wrong. And it also just bonded them because then they, they knew as they went, they didn't like, it didn't become an explosion, like six months mm -hmm. line that everyone was just holding in. Um, so it was almost just the consistency of, of that simple ritual. That was great. And uh, one that I loved that was um, the, the Delhi brothers, Sangu Delhi, um, he had three brothers and they were the partnerships that I interviewed. And he used to talk about how his mom was the CEO of them. And uh, every night she used to have him go look in the mirror and um, ask what they did for someone else. And then she did this really interesting ritual where if one of them did something naughty, she would actually punish all of them together. And if one of them was successful, she'd, she'd celebrate them all. So from a family ritual, I thought that was just a beautiful way of like teaching the importance of connection and and collaborate from a very young age. I love that. We asked everyone on the podcast where they put themselves in the powerful lady scale. If zero is average everyday human and 10 is the most powerful lady you can imagine, where would you put yourself on that scale today and on an average day? Oh, I don't know, because I couldn't put myself alone on that scale. So <laughs> I think um, I think with my teams right now, like with the Plus Wonder team, we just have the most amazing people on board. So I'd put us up to that like 10. I feel like we're really working well. And like the Planetary Guardians team that we're building, that one as well, I'd say is up at 8, 9, 10. Um, and then, you know, I think for all of us as individuals, we go on that scale and off that scale all day long, you know, depending on the interactions that we're having. And the key, I think, is to use that energy from the people that you work with, the people that you partner with, to hold you up yeah. at that, keep you up at that high scale and bring you up when you're down in that low spot. Um, so, yeah. So, I don't know. I can't answer that question. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> So for people who want to get involved with Plus Wonder, for people who want to get involved in Virgin Unite or any of the other organizations that you are a part of, what do you guys need? What are you looking for? How can people be a contribution? Yeah, no, thank you for that question, Kara. I think that for Plus Wonder, one of the things we're really passionate about right now is how do we change the education system? Because that's where we learn to be hyper-individualistic because of the way we're structured about winning the gold star, you know, you doing the best you can as an individual. So right now, anyone that's excited to help change the education system, we would love to work with. And so we're building this kind of um, architect program of about 100 teachers across mm -hmm. the United States right now to embed kind of these principles of partnering in themselves and then in the way that they teach in the classroom. Um, so that's something we're super passionate about. Um, and if anyone wants to get engaged, just shout. There's a website that we have that you can also indicate you want to get involved. And on the website too is all the video footage from the 65 partnerships, the six degrees of connection. So if you want to delve into how you can build those deep connections in your own life, because ultimately that's what we want people to do is spark these connections of purpose and these relationships of purpose in their own life. And then on Planetary Guardians, same thing. If there's any anyone that's interested in looking at how we change the relationship and into a partnership with nature, um, there's a website that's up and running around Planetary Guardians as well. Amazing. And for people who want to reach out and, and connect with you, is, can they go through those websites as well? Or is there a place where they can follow you, like Instagram or something? On LinkedIn, Instagram, all of those yeah. things. I'm really open to love to connect with people. Because again, the more movement we can get behind towards mm -hmm. a 
positive direction rather than where we are as human beings right now, which is fear, division, and separation. Uh, we would open-heartedly welcome everyone that wants to work with us on that. Amazing. Um, we've also been asking everyone, what do you need? What are you wishing for? What's on your to-do list or your to-manifest list personally or for any of the organizations you're a part of? What's something that uh, this community can maybe help cause or create for you? Yeah, I mean, thank you for asking that. That's um, You very rarely get asked that question, so I'm stumped <laughs> a little bit on that one. I feel like the, you know, again, probably going back to Plus Wonder and the education revolution, I think for reframing a relationship reset in the world is something mm -hmm. that we would love to have donors, to have people that are creative that perhaps want to help us get the message out there, people that mm -hmm. want to build networks with us. Because what we did as a, as a group of friends that started Plus Wonder, we did it all philanthropically. So we have tons of content. We just built a teacher mm -hmm. curriculum. Um, we have like hundreds of hours of videos that the team has produced. So we really want to get it out into the world. So if people are out there that can help us from a distribution perspective, um, or if they're interested in joining forces with us as a donor, um, we would really open, be welcome to that. Amazing. Well, it has been such a pleasure to talk to you today. Uh, thank you for being a yes to me and to the powerful ladies and being so generous with your time and your wisdom today. Thank you, Karen. Thank you for all you're doing and bringing, lifting women's voices, which is just extraordinary. All the links to connect with Jean, Plus Wonder, Virgin Unite, her book partnering, and the new organization Planetary Guardians are in our show notes at thepowerfulladies.com. Please subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening and leave us a rating and review. Join us on Instagram at Powerful Ladies. And if you're looking to connect directly with me, visit caraduffy.com or cara underscore duffy on Instagram. I'll be back next week with a brand new episode. Until then, I hope you're taking on being powerful in your life. Go be awesome and up to something you love.